Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here and we pray you get something powerful from this sermon. This morning, at the end of the message, I believe that God actually wants to spend time with you and to speak into you. And so please, although we sit down and although the lights pop up a little brighter, don't allow what God is speaking to you about right now diminish, but instead hold on to that because we are going to have a moment this morning where we just allow God to meet us exactly where we're at. Is that all right, church? Yeah, come on, let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you that you are a good God, that you know everything about us, the good, the bad, the ugly. Lord, you know everything. And yet you still, you still cry out for us. You still desire a relationship with us. You still come to us and burden and and place upon us this desire to be with you. So God, this morning I pray. Lord, as I speak, let them not be my words, Father, but let them be yours that you want to speak to this church today. Holy Spirit, would you have your way in this room? In your holy and precious name, amen, amen. You may take your seats, but as you do, I just really want to encourage Aiden right now. Aiden, I believe that this morning when you were leading with us into worship, there's this purity, and I've said it to you before, but there's this purity that you bring. That it's, it's like you're like, hey, God, this morning, I just want to give you everything. And the church actually sees that. They feel that. So when you lead, it's like you're, you know, Josh actually said it perfectly the other day. It's like, it's like Aiden prays over our church as he leads worship. And that's what I see you doing. And so I want to encourage you, keep going, keep pushing, keep pursuing, because what you're bringing for us on behalf of God is incredible. And we're really grateful. So thank you. Thank you. Let's honour Aiden and the team this morning. How blessed are we to have such an amazing creative team that just loves and serves us every week, hey? They are a great team, led by my wonderful husband. It's our uh, ninth wedding anniversary this week, so, you know, just getting in some brownie points. (laughs) No, it's awesome. Well, before I get into my message this morning, I actually want to put a little bit of a call out. We know that um, uh, over the last few years, we were partnering with Kids Hope uh, at one of the local primary schools. And just due to a number of reasons, uh, we were unable to really achieve that because of just the commitment that was needed and the resources. And so what we have decided to do is... um, let go of the kids' hope aspect, although it is great, don't get me wrong, it's great, but it's not something that we can really commit to right now. But I didn't want to lose the relationship with the school. And so what I've done is I've gone in, I've met with the assistant principal, and she is still really eager for us to have a part to play within their school. 
which is awesome. So what I wanted to put a call out for is what they've sort of suggested is that perhaps people in this place have some great skills, some great gifts that you would love to actually go into the school and with a group of students, get to do that with them. So if you're a baker, you love baking, then maybe you'd love to come in, a couple of people would come in and we'd go and bake with a bunch of kids. Perhaps you like um, bikes and fixing bikes. That's not me, wouldn't know what to do. I can't even put the chain back on when it falls off. But if that's you and you would love to just go in and spend an hour with these kids just tinkering with a bike or doing some gardening, can you come and see me? This is not a regular thing that you would have to do. It could be a once-off. But the school has a need. And that need, in my opinion, is not something that the education department can actually meet but it's the love of Christ that we have within us that we can take into the school. And so that is something that I feel a burden on my heart that I know God has placed within me to actually go into this school and do. So if that is something you'd be willing to do, come and chat to me because I reckon we've got some great opportunities to share with that school and to invest into them. Another exciting thing that I get to share, and I'm just trying to see if I can see her. Yes, I can see her. Uh, We want to congratulate Jess and Nathan Dunn, because they are going to have baby number three. um, Nathan's working today, so he's not actually here, but congrats, Jess. It's so exciting, and it's, you know, Three's hectic, but so fun. And so uh, we'll be here cheering you on from the sidelines, watching your beautiful girls become even bigger sisters, which is really exciting. So if you see them, congratulate them. If you see Nathan at another point, congratulate him as well. Awesome. Well, who here goes to the gym? Okay. Go put your hand up. (laughs) You go to the gym. Who here's been to a gym? Yeah, there's a few more hands. <laughs> I've been to a gym. Didn't last long. This was even pre-kids, so I've got no excuses. So I went to a gym and, um, yeah, it was great. All right. But what I did, and I'm not a patient person, never been God willing one day I will be, but I'm not a patient person. And so when I walk into the gym, I see the treadmill. I'm like, yep, I know how that works. So I jump on the treadmill. It's good. I jump on the bike. It's good. I know how to do that. And then I look at all the other machines and I'm like, eh, don't know how they work. And I walk back out the door. So I had goals and expectations on, on how I was going to become fit and strong and, you know, I was going to work all the muscles so I can be healthy, except the problem was I wasn't patient enough to work out how to use the machinery or the equipment is probably the word for a gym. And so I'm that person that walks into a gym does what I know, walks back out. And what happened to me was a few months down the track, I didn't see results. So I stopped going to the gym. On the flip side, 
There might be some people in the room today that have all the PTs, right? It's like, oh yeah, show me how that machine work or equipment works. What muscle does it work? How do I use it? Awesome. Now show me the next one. How does it work? Awesome. Use it. And but, but they're all about the learning. They're all about the understanding of the body. But they never actually use the mach- the equipment. We're going to keep saying machine. The equipment because they just want to know about it. They're so intrigued in how it works, what muscle group it works, but they never actually get the motivation to use the machine. This morning, equipment, (laughs) this morning, I want to talk about Mary and Martha. Now, If you've heard the story of Mary and Martha, you've probably heard it many times. And if you haven't, we're going to read it so you'll know it. I believe that Mary and Martha is a story of tension. I've heard in the past the idea that Mary in the story is doing the right thing and Martha in the story is doing the wrong thing. Let's read the story together in Luke 10, 38 to 42, and let's have a think about it. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home up to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Jesus uses the word better, but he doesn't use the word right, or he doesn't use the word wrong. I want to talk a little bit about tension this morning. If you're a parent, a mom, or a dad, then you would understand that life is full of tension. And if I'm honest, someone tell me that there's hope in the future, but I am yet to have felt a moment without tension. From the moment I had my first child, tension entered. Not because she caused tension, but because I was pulled. You see, I could all day long sit at the feet with my, with my children, play all the games they want to play, spend time really just, you know, getting to know them. Hey, tell me about your day, da, 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 da. And it hits about six o'clock and they're getting hungry. But no, 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 that can wait because I, I need to play with my kids. And then it gets to bedtime and they're tired and hungry. Well, no, 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 no. That can wait because I'm spending time 
with my children. You see, there's tension. I want to spend time with my children. I want to give them my full attention. But as a parent, we understand that there's actually tasks that need to be done in order to improve the quality of life for our children. So although my children want me to play with them right at 5.30 when I'm getting dinner ready, there are moments where I need to sort of say, hang on, honey, just let me get dinner ready and I'll come back and I will sit with you again. There's a tension between wanting to be with them at the feet but getting the task done. What on about on the flip side, if all I ever do, no, can you let me do the jobs, please? I need to get dinner ready. No, I'm doing the washing. Can you just go and play, please? No, I need to vacuum. Stop playing with that toy. I am trying to clean the house. Can you stop? No, 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 no. Mummy's doing work now. You need to stop. Either of those extremes are not actually healthy, in my opinion. I can't always neglect spending time with my children in order to get my tasks done. But I can't spend all my time with the children and ignore the tasks because those tasks are actually really important. And vital to the growth and development of not only myself, but my children. You see, Mary, Jesus said she chose better. She was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Martha is in the kitchen trying to cook for Jesus and his disciples. They don't have a microwave. They don't have an oven, so they're not going to chuck in the microwave some mac and cheese and it's all good in four minutes. Who's done that for their children? Yep, great, me only. (laughs) They don't have the ability to quickly cook up a meal and it's all good. So so Martha couldn't actually be like, good, now come and sit at the feet of Jesus She was spending hours upon hours preparing for Jesus and his disciples. Rightfully so. Jesus and his disciples needed food. They needed someone to take care of them so that they would have enough energy, that they would have enough uh, enough, um, energy (laughs) to keep going. And so what Martha was doing was not wrong. She loved God. She loved Jesus. And her way of showing him how much she honoured him, how much she wanted to, to give him everything was by doing the tasks in the kitchen or in the house. But Mary... We actually don't know what Mary had just been through. 
We don't know if Mary had spent the last 12 hours helping Martha and instead in that moment decided to just sit at the feet of Jesus. We don't know if Mary was at the end of her tether where she had nothing left but knowing that if she just sat at the feet of Jesus for a period of time, she would have enough hope, enough faith, enough energy, enough love to keep going. You see, where Martha went wrong was not the fact that she was doing her tasks. It was that she went to Jesus and was like, why is she being lazy, Jesus? Highlighting, hey, I am doing everything for you and she's doing nothing. That's, that's where Martha went wrong. I love that Luke decides to put just before Mary and Martha's story, the Good Samaritan. Luke 10, 25 to 37, let's read that together this morning. It says, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. You see, Luke in this section of scripture is highlighting the importance of having a faith with action, a faith with deeds. He was highlighting that the good Samaritan stopped what he was doing and he began to do a series of tasks in order to support this man that had been beaten. He used his own finances to support this man. So Luke is highlighting that, hey, you can love God because that's what it says to do. But we also need to love our neighbour. That's what Jesus told us. And then he went on to describe sometimes what loving a neighbour looks like. And then we read Mary and Martha. And we can have a look at what Martha's doing. 
And I believe in this scenario, she's like, I have a faith. I know Jesus. I love Jesus, but I also want to show him by my actions. She's got the faith with the deeds. She's showing Jesus that she loves him and honors him. You know what I love about Mary is Mary knew. She knew in that moment what what she needed. And she knew that sitting at the feet of Jesus for that period of time is actually the thing that she needed right then and there. And I love Jesus' response to Martha. Martha, Martha. Mary has chosen what is better. Do not take that away from her. I wonder this morning, church, how often our eyes wander from what we're doing to what someone else is doing. You know, we're we're serving. We're here early. We're giving every bit of ourselves to our neighbours. We're having people over for dinner. We're helping people financially. We're investing into them socially, emotionally, spiritually. We are giving, giving, giving. And I wonder for a moment if sometimes we look and see someone just sitting and get frustrated by that. I wonder if someone walks in a little bit late and for a moment we look. I was here at 8 a.m. It's true. Mary sat at the feet of Jesus because she knew in that moment, I just need to be in his presence. I need to hear from him. I need a touch from him. I need to experience him. I need him to speak into my life. I need him to challenge me. Can we let the Marys do what the Mary needs to do without a judgment? You don't know why Mary's there. You don't know why Mary walks in the door a little bit late. You don't know why Mary has chosen not to serve for a period of time. You don't know, so you don't have a place to cast judgment. That's, that's what Jesus is saying to Martha. Hey, Martha, Martha, Mary has chosen what is better. Not better than what Martha is doing but better for herself because this is what she needs. Kobe, you can feel free to come up. I want to be honest with you this morning. 
And I'm going to say that the last few months, part of me has been all tasks. I've got to get this done. I've got to prepare for this. I've got to work on this. I've got to meet with these people. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And this week when I sat down to prepare for what God wanted to say, He actually stopped me and he's like, can you close your computer? Can you put some worship music on? And can you actually just connect with me? I can't keep giving if I don't sit at the feet of Jesus. You can't keep giving if you don't sit at the feet of Jesus. For me, sitting at the feet of Jesus, intentionally worshipping and connecting with Him was an hour-long thing. And I will continue, and I pray I don't forget, but I will continue to do that regularly in my life so that I can do the tasks because I've spent time at the feet of Jesus. But for some of us today, sitting at the feet of Jesus has been a a period of time, maybe a season, maybe seasons, because you have believed that you needed to sit at the feet of Jesus for Him to impart into you, to speak to you, to challenge you. And that is absolutely okay. Absolutely okay. As long as you get ready for what He's going to get you to do next. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30 says, Come to me, all you, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. James 2.17 says, So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. There's this tension between I need to sit at the feet of Jesus, but I need to get up and I need to be a witness. I am called to make disciples and of this nation. I'm not called to just sit and that's it. I'm not. Because faith without deeds is dead. I am called to sit at the feet of Jesus so that He empowers me. So that He encourages me, challenges me, pushes me, fills me back up to overflow so I can get back up and go and spread the Word of Jesus. To love again, to host again, to welcome with loving arms again. You see, Mary and Martha is not a story of right and wrong, but it's a story of tension. I wonder, I wonder if Martha's looking at Jesus and Mary sitting at His feet thinking, I want that. 
I want to sit at the feet of Jesus, but I've got to do this. How blessed are we that we can actually connect with Jesus every day. The moment that we begin to feel a burden, the moment that we begin to feel the weight of a task, we can stop and sit at the feet of Jesus. It's a little bit like the gym. You've got to go in. You've got to learn. You've got to understand how the equipment works. You've actually got to spend time just listening and understanding. But if you want results, if you want to meet your goals, then you actually have to physically exercise your body. So for a moment, I'll sit and I'll listen and I'll learn and then I'll get in and I'll get the job done. Church this morning, I feel like God is going to challenge us. And some of us are going to be challenged because maybe we've been all tasks. Maybe we've forgotten to sit at the feet of Jesus. Maybe we haven't been renewed, refilled. Maybe you haven't even felt the love of Jesus. And then some of us have perhaps been sitting at the feet of Jesus for some time. And today, perhaps He'll urge you, come on, now's the time. Now's the time to get up and go. I will always be here. Jesus will always be here. He'll be with us while we do the task. He'll be with us while we sit at His feet. But I wonder, how important it is that we sit and we go. Can you stand with me for a minute? You know, at the start, when we just spend a couple of minutes allowing God to speak to us, We just stood in silence. I don't know what you said to God, if you said anything in that time. I don't need to know. Because that's you having a conversation with God. And I pray that this morning... You felt like God spoke to you profoundly about the situation, the stage that you are in your life before I even got up to speak. We're going to go into another song in just a minute. 
And what I would love for us to do is to ponder, God, where am I? God, what do I need to do? God, where do you want me? Do you want me to stop? Or do you want me to keep going? Do you want me to sit down or do you want me to stand and go? What do you want from me, God? This morning as the band plays this song, as we sit in the presence of God, I want to encourage you to have that conversation with Him. The front here will be open. And if you want prayer, then we would love to pray with you. We're not called to do our walk of faith alone, but we're called to do it as a community. And so we would love to stand with you, believe with you. Whatever situation you may be in, whatever season of life you are journeying, we are here to love, to encourage, and at times to challenge. Let's worship Him. Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including service times and our live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.